Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, November 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson square off in the first televised debate of the UK election. A U.S. National Security Council official describes the demands made by President Donald Trump in his July 25th phone call with Ukraine as, quote, improper. And the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board rules on what many believe is the first pedestrian death by a self-driving car. Plus, a historic trade deal between South American countries and the EU could be in trouble. The FT's Anna Gross explains why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Boris Johnson eked out a narrow victory last night. At least that's according to a YouGov survey of more than 1,000 viewers on the ITV debate between the prime minister and labor leader Jeremy Corbyn. 51% of those polled found that Mr. Johnson put in the best performance. The FT Sebastian Payne has more on what it all means for the rest of the campaign. So for Boris Johnson, it was all about his simple slogan of get Brexit done, we'll leave the EU by the end of January, and then we'll move on to domestic priorities. Uh, We certainly will come out on January the 31st because we have a deal that, as I say, is oven ready. It's ready to... For Jeremy Corbyn, it was to try and dodge the question as much as possible. He really just wanted to say that I will let the British people decide and then talk about other matters. We will have a referendum, we will have negotiation, and we will abide by that result. That worked to a point, but every time Boris Johnson drew him on the issue of how Mr Corbyn would you vote in that referendum, he began to trip up a little bit. So, Seb, did Tuesday night do anything to change public opinion on either candidate? For where Boris Johnson is, he was clearly more focused and more prepped. There was less of the usual chunter and waffling that you often get with the prime minister. For Jeremy Corbyn, I think he'll be pleased that he did massively mess up, but might be disappointed he didn't make much progress either. So on Thursday, Labour's going to reveal its general election manifesto. They have to hope that will start to seriously give the party some momentum. If that doesn't, and they didn't get anywhere in the debate, then you begin to think that actually he might be in a little bit of trouble because so far Labour hasn't seen any of the kind of surge we saw in the last election. He's well behind in the polls as leader and his party is nowhere near commanding a majority. If you want more on last night's debate and the campaign, Seb will have a special edition of the FT's UK Politics podcast out today. Just search for FT Politics UK Election Countdown. The impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump continued on Tuesday, this time with witnesses who had firsthand knowledge of the phone call with the Ukrainian president, which has led to the hearings. Vice presidential aide Jennifer Williams and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who was a U.S. national security official, appeared before the House Intelligence Committee. They were the first officials to testify who had actually been on the July 25th call President Trump made to President Vladimir Zelensky. The inquiry is looking into whether President Trump threatened to withhold nearly $400 million in aid to Ukraine in return for dirt on U.S. presidential candidate Joe Biden. Here's Colonel Vindman during yesterday's testimony. I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate. It is improper for the president of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. Mr. Trump's ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, will testify today. 
Last year, an autonomous Uber struck and killed Elaine Herzberg in Arizona. She's believed to be the first pedestrian to be killed by a self-driving car. And yesterday, the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board said the main cause for the accident was the safety driver's, quote, failure to monitor the road. A, quote, inadequate safety culture at Uber was only listed as a contributing factor. The NTSB said the human who was there as a backup to the self-driving tech had taken a cell phone from her bag and was streaming a television show in the lead-up to the crash. During the ride, the backup driver spent more than a third of the time glancing at her phone. Using her cell phone violated Uber's policies, but the NTSB said Uber's oversight was ineffective. The agency also placed part of the cause on the victim, saying Ms. Herzberg had a very high level of methamphetamine in her body post-mortem. The NTSB also outlined new safety recommendations to make the testing of self-driving cars more rigorous, transparent, and standardized. Meanwhile, on Wednesday, the same transportation agency called on Boeing to redesign the protective covering of engines in its older 737 aircraft. This is in order to prevent a repeat of a fatal accident where a Southwest Airlines passenger was sucked through a window damaged by a broken cover. Currently, more than 7,000 planes requiring the fix are flying. And here's a story you should know more about. The European Union and South American countries have been working on a trade deal for two decades. And in June, it looked like negotiations had successfully come to a close. Some highlights. It would slash tariffs on each side's exports. The EU would pay reduced duties for industrial goods and wine. South American producers would get better access to European beef, poultry, and sugar markets. And that sugar is a big part of the deal. Brazil exported 34,000 tons of sugarcane ethanol to the EU in 2018. Under the proposed terms of the EU-Mercosur agreement, it's planning to export about 20 times that amount. But now, the trade deal is in jeopardy thanks to a move by Brazil President Jair Bolsonaro on how to cultivate the Amazon region. FT reporter Anna Gross explains. Over the summer, there were widespread international reports about fires in the Amazon. Um, So there was uh, new data released by the space agency, which showed that there there was a much higher rate of fires across Brazil over the year than there had been for several years. That caused a lot of alarm and drew questions about Bolsonaro's government and, and its track record in environmental protection. And since then, there have been further signals from that government that they were sort of prioritizing industrial and agricultural development over environmental protection. So one such signal was earlier this month, Bolsonaro repealed a decree which basically prevented sugarcane production in the Amazon and another endangered uh, biome called the Pantanal. This caused a big backlash from NGOs, academics, and members of the previous government who said, you know, this is this is a real kind of backward step in terms of environmental protection and will open up the Amazon further to agricultural expansion. So this sugarcane production decision by Mr. Bolsonaro, why is this the thing that could unravel the deal, Anna? You know what? I don't think it in itself is the thing. I think it's kind of reaching a tipping point. 
there have been several signals from over the past month that Brazil is moving backwards in terms of environmental protection, that the Amazon fires being one of them. But also earlier this month, one of the big agricultural lobby groups asked for a, what well, is demanding an end to the soy moratorium, which prevents traders from buying soy from the Amazon region. They said that they're lobbying for this and they said they actually cited Bolsonaro's support. So there's just been a kind of continual slew of these indications that environmental protection isn't a top priority to the Bolsonaro government. And this sugarcane zoning law, the repeal of it is kind of seems as though it might be the final straw. It's taken so long for this deal to get done. Why throw it all away? That's a really good question. And I reached out to the Brazilian government, to the agricultural ministry and asked that very question. I reached out Friday. They still haven't responded. People I've spoken to do question whether Bolsonaro is even interested in continuing the agreement. There are people in Brazil, in government and in agricultural circles who feel very resentful of European interference in Brazilian policy. And I think, you know, that there is enough demand for a lot of agricultural commodities coming from China, from the Middle East, that it is possibly the case that they think, you know, why are we pandering so much to the European market? We don't need them. And what happens if the deal falls apart? Do they renegotiate? Do they walk away? What what happens next? I know that these things can drag on for years and years. And and one of the peculiarities of this deal is that not only does it have to be agreed between the dealmakers and the European Commission and Mercosur, but it also has to be ratified by each nation state. And it's already faced criticism from Macron in France and from the Irish government and the Austrian parliament. So, there's definitely going to be friction getting it through that ratification process. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.